Also, it is unprecedented for a president to appoint two former military chiefs, like the, the highest commander of the military, in the formal inner circle of the top level of uh, administration. Uh, and currently, uh, Jokowi has two former military chiefs in his cabinet, which is Wiranto and Muldoko. Welcome to Indonesia in Depth. This is Arif Budiman. And I'm Sean Corrigan. There's a lot of going on this week in Jakarta. Uh, President Widodo made some changes in his cabinet yesterday on the January the 15th. Replaced Minister of Social Affairs, Madame Hafifa, from the National Awakening Party, or PKB. And with senior Gokar member Idrus Marham, replacing her as Social Minister. And replaced the Chief of Staff of the Office of the President, Mr. Tetan Mazuki. And replaced Mr. Mazduki with former Chief of Armed Forces, retired General Muldoko. And the new member of the Presidential Advisory Council, retired General Agum Gumular. We covered the appointment of Bambang Susatyo as the new speaker of the parliament in the previous episode. And now it's time for us to discuss about the recent cabinet reshuffle. But first, let's talk about the office of the president. Let's provide some background very briefly about the office of the president under President Widodo. Mm-hmm. The um, office of the president was actually created back during the Yudhoyono administration in 2006. At that time, the name of the what's so called as the office of the president now was the presidential working unit under Yudhoyono administration. Uh, but Widodo's office of the president took a different role. Uh, Yudhoyono's presidential working unit at that time played more a role as to evaluate ministers, whereas the, the office of the president under Joko Widodo actually assisting the president with streamlining the implementation of policies, especially President Joko Widodo or Jokowi priority program. The previous chief of the office of the president was Mr. Teten Masduki. Uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the program. So as we mentioned, President Widodo appointed retired General Moldoko yesterday as the head of the office of the president. Uh, before we get into the issues and the dynamics behind the appointment, let's provide some of the listeners with information about uh, General Moldoko first. Mm-hmm. He was appointed as the chief of the armed forces in 2013 by then President Yudiono, and he held the position until mid-2015, which is just about under two years. Uh, Widodo Moldoko had a good relationship. I mean, what do you say, Arif? Was it a decent relationship? Uh, yeah, it's very decent because Jokowi and Moldoko had met during Jokowi's campaign uh, when Jokowi was uh, the presidential was the president candidate at the time. Well, Moldoko, as the chief of armed forces at the time, briefed uh, Jokowi when he was still uh, the presidential candidate uh, because every presidential candidate at that time were guarded by the secret service that was under the military. So the chief of armed forces giving a direct briefing to the to all presidential candidates at that time, and Jokowi is definitely one of them. And then uh, after Jokowi got elected, they were working together, of course, in the position of Jokowi as his supreme commander uh, until July 2015. And it was about around nine months uh, since Jokowi took office. They're working together. Moldoko's name has been circulating since around last year, mid last year, as a possible candidate to be brought on at some capacity uh, to serve the president, whether it be a minister or a ministerial level position. And that hasn't happened until this week. Let's get in a little bit into the background as to why retired General Moldoko was brought into this cabinet level now. 
And Sean, there's also one interesting event happened several months back during uh, the uh, wedding and uh, wedding ceremony of President Widodo's daughter back in Solo uh, in Central Java. Uh, at that time, uh, in Solo, in Jokowi's hometown in West Java, in in Central Java, all the invitees were surprised because the one that actually representing Jokowi's family, welcoming all the guests, was Muldoko, and it creates public speculation either. This is, is it a sign that Murdoko will eventually appointed by Jokowi to join his cabinet or something like that? So it's clear they both have a, a good relationship. Definitely. Now let's get into the background as to why Murdoko was brought into this cabinet level position at this time. I think for that, we have to briefly uh, revisit when the president first came into office and what his political support base was looking like. Widodo, as you know, came into office relying on PDIP and the party's chairwoman, Megawati, and he didn't have the strongest support of the military. He had support, but it wasn't as strong as he hoped. So to help uh, the president build this strong support with the military, he relied on Luhut Panjaitan, who at the time was the head of the office of the president now the courting minister of maritime affairs and natural resources which is a very important uh, position so we know to put a lot of effort into building support with the military and luhut played a, a very strong role in that as time went on the president started bringing uh, retired generals into positions close to him over the past three years the appointment of the former armed forces commander gatot didn't turn out to be the most supportive of the president in the end exactly the president later appointed retired General Wiranto, who is the coordinating minister of political and legal affairs. He would also went on to appoint early on, actually, in his administration, was retired General Luhut Panjaitan, who at, at that time was brought in to be the chief of the office of the president. He is now the coordinating minister of maritime affairs and natural resources. And he has retired General Riyakudu, who's the minister of defense. Also retired General August Wijoyo, who is the head of Lemhanas and retired General Subagio HS, who is a member of the Presidential Advisory Council. That list of generals now is growing with the addition of Moldoko. Why does President Widodo need another general around him? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why does Widodo need another general around him? In Indonesia, the military still have traditional influence towards the society. Man and woman with uniforms, with stars insignia for high-level officers and jasmine insignia for middle-rank officers. You know, even when they're retired, uh, on a certain extent, they're still inf influential. People, especially in rural areas in the country, which most of the voters are, will seek for advice from them. Uh, at this level of playing field back in 2014 election, Jokowi was outnumbered by Prabowo, his opponent at that time. Jokowi only got support from Luhut, one of the names that Sean mentioned, which is limited compared to Prabowo's support from the military group. As a national leader who already absorbed uh, really well the political power play environment, Jokowi then now keenly consolidating support from the military for 2019 election. Jokowi also need to have clear visibility on who's who from the military group that will jump into election politics. It is also clear that Jokowi doesn't want his influence in the military is being layered by uh, current uh, retired General Luhut and also pro uh, probably uh, uh, the coordinating minister for uh, political and legal affairs, retired General Viranto. That's a little bit of background why Jokowi need you know more generals around him. Mengawasi amanah kekuasaan, menang tak cuma 
In addition to that, um, Jokoi also need to have clear visibility on who's who from the military group that will jump in into election politics in 2019. Who's gonna take his ship and who's gonna jump into the, another boat, which is his opponent. So the addition of these retired military officials, Agum Gumlar and General Moldoko, reflects Jokowi's intents to manage the political influence towards the military. So it's in conjunction with already uh, Luhut and Wiranto. Mm-hmm, so combined together to have a more powerful force. Right, that is correct. Yeah. So let's talk specifically about uh, mm-hmm. Moldoko's appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Moldoko, who was appointed as military chief during the last term of Yudoyono's administration, it's... It can be shown that in an, in, in an indirect way has shown Jokowi's goodwill and in the same time experimenting in trying to build strategic relations with Yudoyono in order to strengthen his way to the re-election agenda. Uh, whereas Jokowi's plan for his re-election is to collect as many support uh, as possible, including from Megawati's long rival Yudoyono. Yudoyono's political party still have the chance to stay in the top five. And currently, Democrat Party, which is Yudoyono's party, uh, is sitting in the fourth position after Gurindra, which is Prabowo Party, uh, the opponent of uh, the, the, poten- the possible opponents for Jokowi uh, in 2019. And Democrat Party has 60 seats in the DPR or in the parliament. Muldoko appointment has nothing to do with his position in Hanura Party, which in, in Indonesia, people also know that Muldoko, after his retirement, he joined the political party of uh, Hanura. And Hanura is a political party that was established by General Wiranto. And this current uh, appointment of Muldoko as the chief of staff of the presidential office has nothing to do with Muldoko's uh, position in Hanura Party. And also, it is unprecedented for a president to appoint two former military chiefs, like the, the highest commander of the military, in the formal inner circle of the top level of uh, administration. Uh, and currently, uh, Jokowi has two former military chiefs in his cabinet, which is Wiranto and Muldoko. And then, in particular, for the position of the chief of staff of the presidential office, that was the position that has more technical weight compared to a uh, minister level. And usually, uh, in the past, former military commander or military chief, they were usually be appointed uh, in the advisory level position, not in the technical uh, level. So that's a little bit, you know, uh, the background and dynamics uh, on uh, appointment of retired General Muldoko as presidential chief of staff. So we covered uh, General Moldoko's appointment. Let's talk a little bit about Teten Mastuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teten's shift is quite interesting. His mm-hmm. profile seems to be in a little bit of decline. Uh, he was very close to uh, Widodo. He was. was on the campaign in 2014, the campaign team in 2014. Mm-hmm. And now the two maybe aren't so close. Maybe we can provide some details of um, how that relationship oh, is yeah, going, de- or, definitely. or why he was shifted, or where he's going. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, you know, following the cabinet reshuffle, the former uh, chief of staff of the presidential office, Tetan Masduki, will be moved to the newly created position of the um, coordinator of the presidential special assistance. However, the position as the coordinator of presidential special assistance is already taken by a cabinet secretary which is now currently held by uh, Pramono Anung which is from PDIP. Uh, Jokowi's political party. As uh, probably uh, our listeners wants, uh, need to know that the uh, president, he has uh, more than 10 special assistants uh, starting for, you know, starting of, uh, with the job of uh, speech, speech writer, uh, spokesperson and everything. So President Jokowi has lots of um, 
uh, have a couple of special uh, assistants. And now the former chief of staff of the presidential office is the coordinator of the special assistants. And that's really kind of a redundant position. Uh, plus, the, those special assistants to the president also administrated by the Minister of State Secretariat. So it's really uh, redundant. It's really like jump over here and there for, for a new position uh, for Tetan. It is therefore unclear what role Tetan will play going forward. His uh, shift is not a promotion. Yeah, yeah. And you know, some of the trusted sources has indicated that there has been a falling out between Masduki and Jokowi. And you know, this tension between the two could explain why Masduki, who was previously a key player in Jokowi's uh, 2014 campaign, has been placed in a seemingly, as I said, redundant position. So next on the list is Agum Gumlar. He is a retired four-star general. Mm-hmm. And he was actually appointed as minister several times in his career, uh, once under the Wahid administration and again under the Megawati administration. And now he has been appointed as a member of the Presidential Advisory Council. So what are some of his uh, characteristics, Arif? Mm-hmm. It is interesting, Sean, that among uh, other former four-star generals that close to the Jokowi currently, uh, General Agum is considered as the most friendly and uh, general with warm attitude, with a great sense of humor. Uh, that makes him also close to the civil society, which most of the civil society here in Indonesia, they have you know, a different perspective on former military generals because of the uh, authoritarian regime back in Suharto. Agus Wijoyo is another top former general who has the same attitude just like uh, Agum Gumlar. So uh, the appointment of Agum Gumlar, uh, I think it's more to his senior position um, because as you said earlier that by increasing the some of the former re- uh, retired generals in his circle, it solidify his uh, influence towards the military and by having Agum uh, in his circle, uh, President Jokowi currently now quote-unquote equipped with the second most senior former military general. And for our listeners to know, the most senior one that close to uh, Jokowi advising the president for a specific mission on the nation-state ideology is former General Trisha Trishno. Who was also the vice president, right? He was the, uh, yeah, he was yes, during Suharto, he was the sixth uh, vice president. He was born in November 15, uh, 1935. His military academy batch at that time was 1958. So, General Trishno is the highest or the most senior one that close to Jokowi. Even though Agum is in the, in the military batch, in the military academy, uh, Agum is one year below Wiranto. Uh, uh, Wiranto went to the military academy by uh, in the 1968 and Agum went to the military academy in 1969 but by age Agum is two years older than Viranto you know in Indonesia this is matters yeah, it's, um, it's very, really important in Indonesia. Yeah, exactly. Indonesian culture, yeah. Exactly. Agum was born in December 17, 1945, and Wiranto was born uh, April 4, 1947. So, two years is make a big of difference, you know, in, 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 in this, uh, in this uh, country's culture. If I may add to uh, what Sean has said earlier, that Jokowi's main goal in recruiting former top military generals is also to have clear visibility you know on who's who that in the military that goes into who has who have interest on 2019 uh, election power play and that's including Gatot Normantio's possible maneuvers to come and Gatot was the former military commander who was recently replaced uh, just about 2 months ago yeah 
And finally, let's talk about Idris Mahram, a senior member of the Gokar party and who is secretary general of the party actually still, but he may be uh, switched out very soon under the new chairman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it is interesting, Sean, because you know the, the highest and the, the second highest leadership of a political party is the chairman and the secretary general of the chairman. And now Jokowi has two top party leaders of Golkar in his cabinet, which is Erlanga, the minister of industry. And then now Idris Marham that, uh, as you mentioned, just joined the cabinet as minister of social affairs. Idris Marham, he had fought his way hard to climb the ladder in Golkar, surviving all political dynamics and turmoil in Golkar. And now he survived all political dynamics and turmoil inside the Golkar. And now he's reached the success, you know, by becoming a minister. Idris Marham appointment is Jokowi's attempt to keep Golkar unified and supporting him solidly for 2019 re-election agenda. The appointment also helps Jokowi in ensuring that Golkar remains strong and unified. Idrus' late last internal Golkar affiliation uh, is with Setenovanto, uh, which now is under the trial for uh, the corruption case. And for Erlanga, by picking someone from Novanto's old faction, can be ensured that Novanto's camp can feel that they still have a seat on the table. They, have, they still have a voice in the party and remain a value part of the party Gorkar. And this will be especially important for Erlanga, who will soon form his own party cabinet or uh, the Gorkar national board members. And by accommodating uh, Erlanga's potential rivals, Jokowi is giving Erlanga enough space to form his next internal Gorkar cabinet without any worry from any potential challenges from his uh, potential rivals. So he gives chance for the current Novanto's internal Gorkar cabinet to be involved in determining who is the person that the party gonna appoint into the in public in strategic public position. And one of them is Idrus Marham and previously we already discussed this is the Speaker of the House. So this is a Erlanga more to er, like Erlanga strategy to succeed his leadership and also to secure a Golkar endorsement for Jokowi's second term. Yeah so keeping the party inclusive and, and keeping uh, everyone involved. Exactly. Okay, so that's all we had for uh, this episode on the recent cabinet reshuffle of President Jokowi. And what else, Sean? Do you want to add something? Well, I think uh, send us some feedback. Let us know if this is informative, if it's helpful, if it's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, send us your feedback and please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and we're on SoundCloud as well. And you can also email your comments at info at IndonesiaIndepth.com. That's Indonesia in depth without a hyphen info at indonesiaindepth.com so we look forward to seeing you on our next episode thank you for listening